you bolt. missed the best part yeah, of I, this I, podcast. In in Adam's studio, you have to both uh, start recording and turn on microphones, and it's sometimes a little overwhelming for those of us that are not professional audio maker people. So let us know if our mics are on. Yeah. We will wait. So the, <laughs> the good news today is that Dylan and I are here. The bad news is that Adam Adam's is sicker not. than you. Yeah, Adam is sicker <laughs> than me, which is why Adam's not here. But I'm still pretty sick. How are you feeling? I'm okay. Well, after being trapped in a strange small room with me for, well, this we'll entire this podcast goes. and all of today, we'll yeah. see how you feel. And most of every day. And most of every day. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Bite Me Podcast. This is episode 114. I am your host today, Cliff Johnson. Um, and I'm the Dylan, and Adam is He's dead. absent. Rip. Rip Adam. Rip Adam. I actually just saw a picture of him on Facebook. He he looks worse for wear. He looks real tired. Uh, yeah. he, he looks how I feel. Everyone's sick. Everyone. Like, literally, we were supposed to shoot videos today. They had to cancel it because not only were the people on our end that were supposed to shoot it sick, but so were the people on their end. Like, our office mate is out because she's sick. Like, it's... In addition, the plague is here. In addition to the measles outbreak that is currently ripping through the yeah. Pacific Northwest, we also just all have colds. The so. Black Plague is upon us. The Black Plague is upon us. Anyway, we're going to talk about some video games today. Uh, should we start with what we've been playing? Sure. Have you been playing things? Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you play? Um, I'm actually going to take this time to talk about a board game. Um, That's something you play. Because I, I think it's pretty... Um, pretty impressive and uh it's something that is it's been out for a little while but i think it's like kind of kind of hit its stride and a lot of people have been picking this game up and playing it and if you go to game stores like they have a bunch of them in stock because i think they're flying off the shelves and i think they're more readily available because it was a game that was kickstarted with a fairly large goal that was meet and exceeded and they put out a really cool game it's called gloomhaven i've never heard of um and it's kind of like if you wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons and kind of didn't want the role playing part of it, but still wanted the get into dungeons, do Diablo style dungeons, loot stuff, get new equipment and move through a campaign. So if that's what you wanted, but kind of didn't want the role playing. Oh, it's like the fun. character creation. Right. You still the... have a character that's going to gain experience and level up and get loot and, and, but it's more like you, you start a game through and a campaign like, and story, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to role play. Yeah, so, so you, you start a game, they give you a predetermined character, and you yeah. play as that character. Yeah, oh, so that's kind of cool. And, and there's a lot of cool things this game does, and it's, it's a huge game. Um, and it, it so far it plays pretty well, and I would say fairly quick. The the uh, the downside is the setup time. There's a lot of setup time because you have a lot of tiles that you put together to build the dungeons and get the pieces together, and there's a ton of pieces. Sure. But the game starts off, you can choose one of six characters, and um, they come in little boxes, so they're essentially anonymous until you open the boxes. And there's 18 characters total, so 12 are to be remained unopened. But part of the game is getting a personal quest, and when you fulfill it, it allows you to open a box for a new character. So you get to retire one character and start a new one. Interesting. And is it like D&D where it's a cooperative game? It's a cooperative game. So, yes, you and your up to two, three friends. It's meant for two to four players. You could play it by yourself, but you would want to control two characters. The game's not meant to be played as a solo person moving through a dungeon. So you could play more characters if you want, or you can have four friends play it. That sounds really Um, fun. How how much is it? 
It's like a $140 retail game. The box is 32 pounds or 23 pounds or something like that when when you buy it off the shelf. That's Um, a lot of wow. But it has like 200 missions in it, and it comes with a cool like game board with stickers. So when you uh, discover new locations, you get to put stickers on this board that show you the different places you can go, and they all have check marks, and you check them off, and you get to add cool stuff. And as you move through the campaign book, it opens new locations and tells you when you open this treasure chest, this is what is in it. So it's this whole world and story that you get to discover as you play. It's it's just a it's a really huge experience in a board game. Um, that price might scare people away, especially if you're not really a hardcore board gamer. Like, I don't think this is something for the casual player, but it's also something that someone might enjoy if they have someone to lead them through it that's not quite ready for something like Dungeons & Dragons, maybe. Is it, uh, is like the, the learning curve on it pretty pretty shallow? It is. I think it was pretty easy, and it, it suggests the playtime to be 30 minutes per player. So if me and my buddy kind of we we decided that him and I would um, kind of start a campaign. And the cool thing is, is it's meant to be played where if you wanted to add a player later on, you could. So drop you can you could drop them in. (laughs) Yep, and say okay, we're level three, so you're level three. That's cool. Sure, you might not have all your perks because like you'll get different goals that allow you to make check marks, and you'll gain perks that. Uh, kind of modify your character and make them stronger and get new equipment. So you, you're not quite going to be as strong as maybe the party that's been playing, but but you can kind of drop in and and um, just get right in the fight that way. That's really cool. Um, that sounds super fun. It's super fun. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty easy. And it, it does some nice things um, that kind of mitigate the, the feel-bad moments of, of certain, like, games maybe any game involving dice um because we all know when you roll a die like you're at the mercy of odds and i think what a lot of games have been doing lately and this game does this is using cards to uh modify rather than dice because dice are very random right you roll a 20-sided die you can in theory roll a one every time um what what card modification is done in a lot of games is they'll say okay your average attack is three and you're going to draw a card that modifies it plus or minus one could be times two it could be a miss right so this is it 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 allows you to control the odds better than a die can um and that i think that helps you play a game and not have as many feel bad moments for players that are more casual because some people like that some people like the dice to determine what happens and like they like that outcome but if you're not ready for that it can create some really bad moments when you roll that critical miss at a crucial point in the game and you're like ah and this game can simulate that without being completely at the mercy of dice on occasion um and it has a couple interesting mechanics i'm not going to go too into but it does some really interesting things that i I haven't really experienced in a game because you do play cards to do things rather than just doing actions so you have certain actions that are on your cards it's a really cool game Um, i mean the reality too is if you got four people that were interested in playing it that makes that game like 35 bucks a person right and 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 that's kind of how it is because it's a big experience and it's meant to be I assume if you play through the whole campaign, you're probably not going to do it again just because it's a huge undertaking. Um, We played the first two missions, and then we returned to the city, did a city event and a road event because when you move to – when you move from place to place, you, like, draw a road event card, and it simulates your travel. Um, And then when you're in the city, you can do a city event, which might say you – 
the guy asks for help, do you help him or not? So if you help him, something happens. If you don't, something else happens. So you don't necessarily play a mission every time, but you have like a choose your own adventure thing. And it says you gain 10 experience and get five gold because you chose to help him or you chose to fight the wolves. So now you go into the next mission with minus three health. That's so really it, fun. It, it kind of helps simulate a lot of those things and, and plays a, a very large campaign in smaller amount of time. One more time. What was it called? Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Cool. I'll add a link to that in the show notes. Yep. That sounds really cool. Nice. Is that what you've been playing this week? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It takes a lot of time to get that going, and we played it for a couple hours, and That's it was really a lot fun. of fun. Do you just leave it set up now? It's kind of set up um, <laughs> because, luckily, there's a giant table in the kitchen, and it accommodates, like, all the pieces set out nicely. Um, there is, like, a, there's this cool company called, like, Broken Token, sure. and they make organizers for board games. And they're made of, like, thin, I'm guessing, like, a balsa wood. I actually haven't picked one up for any game yet because I... I not many games do you feel like you need this third-party yeah. organization tool. That one might be one of them. <laughs> it's like $100 because it's like yeah. all finely cut wood that you put in the box, and it has different le- – it probably has like six levels, yeah. but it also organizes everything, and it has a home for every piece. Like every little deck of cards, every token has its own home, so it's all organized when you put it back in the box and take it out. That's cool. uh, that might be something that's totally worth it, even though it's rather spendy, but yeah. the amount of time you would save um, sifting through things is probably worth it. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, well, this week, let's see. I've been playing uh, quite a few things, actually. Um, I've been playing Hellblade for our uh, Bite Me DLC play. Sounds like a lot podcast. of people are playing it. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm playing it. I know that uh, my brother's playing it. I, I know there's a handful of other people that are. So we're, we're targeting getting that done by kind of, I think, the middle of next month. Um, depending on if Adam is going to be on it or not, we might do it a little earlier, a little later. I need to kind of refigure out the dates now that I know he's involved in on vacation. But I kind of want to get that done before I go on vacation, if possible. So yeah. we're thinking maybe like the weekend of the 11th. So if you're playing along with us, try and hit it by there. Um, I have a lot of things to say about Hellblade, to be frank, um, but I'm not going to say them now. You'll have to... Because there's a podcast you'll for have that. To, you'll have to wait. Um, one super cool thing we did this weekend is we played Rocket League crossplay. So for the for the first time ever in, in all of my Rocket League career, I was able to get in a private server with people on PC and PlayStation and Xbox, and we were all able to play a game together, and it was... 100% seamless, and it was super easy. It was absolutely no different at all than just playing with just Xbox people or just PC mm-hmm. people, and it was absolutely awesome to be able to finally, you know, get in on that uh, and play together. You so. still have to do, like, the private match, so uh, you right still now, had to create a lobby. But yeah. Right now, there is not matchmaking um, between those. Like, So I can't do a three-on-three with someone on PC and PlayStation. That's coming after the uh, the Rocket ID update, I believe, which is supposed to come out soon-ish. I think Mm -hmm. they said this spring. So hopefully that that comes soon because then we'll be able to do even more. Um, Another interesting game that I found out has cross-play yesterday is everyone knows that Fortnite Mm -hmm. has cross-play between PlayStation and Xbox and PC, but I didn't realize that Save the World also has cross-play. So if you've been kind of holding off on Save the World, it still costs 40 bucks, I think. But you can. I play still that. have codes. And you still have codes. So I know people have hit me up for them, but we've never actually like, gotten to play it. So yeah, I didn't necessarily so, send them to them. But yeah, yeah. so that would be a, a kind of a cool thing to be able to play now with folks on PC and Xbox and, and PlayStation together. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a game that would be more fun if you had a couple people to play it with. Yeah. Like, I played it quite a bit by myself, and it was fun. 
but it'd be so, it would be a lot of fun with a group of people. It seemed like a really cool game, and uh, when we played it, or I didn't actually get to play it. I watched you guys play it at PAX two years ago, mm-hmm. and it looked really fun. It looked like it had a lot of promise. It's honestly um, probably more fun than Fortnite. Yeah. Like, it, it's the same thing. It's just not so competitive. It's like... Yeah, I don't understand why they haven't made it free-to-play yet. Like, there's no reason yeah. that they haven't. Except that Fortnite's printing money. Which, right, to me, just, though, like, is even a better reason. Yeah, just um, make it free-to-play. I hear they've ripped out a lot of the, like, kind of microtransactions and stuff that made it kind of icky at first, though. Mm-hmm. So that's I should cool. probably check it out. I haven't yeah. played it for quite a while. I hear, but. I hear it's very different now. Um, the other game that I'm playing that I hope gets cross-play really soon is Anthem. Um, I got in on the VIP uh, beta this weekend, and I did not play it for very long, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to wait for uh, my brother to finish downloading it. And so we only maybe played for, I'm going to say 45 minutes. Uh, my brother and I and Kevin played the uh, the first kind of mission and completed it. And it is, it, it's really good. I mean, the, the, the VIP preview had a lot of problems. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think anyone on the Xbox was able to connect on Friday. Um, tons of connection prompts on Friday. And even once people were able to get in, they were experiencing, like, Adam was able to get in but experienced horrible rubber banding and uh, all sorts of other stuff. They say it's going to be fixed by the open beta this weekend, so I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. But when we were able to finally get in, that game is so amazing to play. Like, all three of us, like, finished, we're, like, like literally almost in use, and we're like, well, I'm going to be pre-purchasing that game. Yeah. Because, like... I've never played a game with flight in it where you're a character that felt... Felt good. <laughs> well, but not, the funny thing is, is it felt both... Like, when you were doing well, when you were flying and doing it right, um, you feel like Iron Man. I mean, you legit feel like Iron Man. But you know how every once in a while Iron Man in the movie will get, like, shot by something and all of a sudden his thrusters are kind of misfiring? Yeah. When you're doing it badly, you feel just like that. Like, oh, shoot, I flew up straight into a bridge. Yeah. Or, you know, ah, oh, man, I crashed inside the wall. But, man, there were a couple times where, like, you know, I'm flying and I'm like, I need to land on that ledge. And so you'd, like, power up and then, like, cut your rockets and just land perfectly. And it was sweet. It, yeah. the, the flight in that game. I can't wait to see people play Anthem, like, streaming it at a high level because I think it's going to be, like, watching an amazing dogfight happen. There's going to be a cool ceiling to There's going to be a really cool skill ceiling. I'm never going to hit that ceiling, (laughs) but it was so fun. And, like, the guns feel terrific. The guns, like, I think Destiny has some of the best gun feel in a game, and the guns in this might feel better. Um, You open the game as one of the Ranger class, and I had, like, a like a machine gun, and then you have a, a grenade, and then you have, like, a wrist rocket, very Iron Man-esque as well. And, like, the machine gun feels great. It's got, like, a good, like, chugga-chugga-chugga feel to it. And, like, the wrist rocket is heat-seeking, so there's, like, these mechanical wyverns that fly around. And, you know, you'd see one, and you'd target it. And, like, I, I remember distinctly that yeah, I saw one. I, you know, I shot my rocket at it, and it flew behind, like, this cliff face. And your rockets do the kind of, like... It, it doesn't look like a like a super like perfect rocket. It does that kind of like where it kind of jiggles around in yeah. the and turns the corner and just bl- I could see the explosion happen behind the cliff and the wyvern fell out of the sky. It was it was really cool. When that game fires, it really works. And I think like it's going to just by the virtue of the game and how it's set up have a lot of those really cool like hell yeah moments that you you did a lot in Destiny where you were playing. Um, and did something really cool. I think you're going to see that a lot in that game. Um, probably the biggest difference, I mean, and, and there's absolutely no way you can't compare it to Destiny 2. It's very similar. 
Um, probably the biggest difference is that where Destiny tends to be, it's not really a cover-based shooter, but it's a game that provides a lot of things for you to get behind. Right. You do find yourself behind stuff cover often to kind of... This game doesn't have a lot of cover because I think what it expects you to do is instead of get behind cover, it expects you to fly. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really hard to get out of that mindset of, like, I have to run over there or I have to, you know, flank this dude behind cover or, oh, my gosh, I'm getting shot at. I need to, you know, get behind cover as opposed to, no, I just need to get in the air and use my aerial advantage to take out these things that are on the ground. So it was it was really fun. Like I said, I only played maybe 45 minutes. I'm really excited to uh, get some more time to play it uh, this weekend, but it was it was a very good time. So I think I think that's all I played this week. It seems like there's one other game, but it's not it's not coming out. So we'll we will move on. Um, before we continue, though, I would like to take a chance this this exact moment to thank our Patreons. Uh, you can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, we do have different scales, though. They get you different things, up to and including a uh, $10 a month pledge that uh, makes it so I read your name in this really scratchy, sick-sounding voice, which <laughs> I think is worth at least $10. Uh, and so I will do that right now. So big thanks to Alan Schulte, uh, who I think actually came and played with us on Rocket League a little bit. It was nice to have him Ooh. join. Uh, and then Austin Palmer, Jack Irish, Jacob Frank, Joe Cole Jr., who was able to join us in Rocket League for the first time because he's a PlayStation player. We've been waiting for that forever. Uh, so it was great to have him along, Kevin Schultz, who also played with us, and Tom McDermott. So, oh, and don't let me forget Vinny Champa, the person who gives us a question. The champ. Every single week. Champa. Good man. So that is the patrons. We greatly appreciate you if you'd like to go donate. Uh, you get these podcasts a little bit early. Like today we are recording at uh, Tuesday at noon. If you are in pod- lieu of lunch. In lieu of lunch. I am I am skipping lunch to bring you this podcast. I'm getting lunch after. <laughs> I can barely breathe or talk, and I'm recording this podcast on a Tuesday. Uh, so folks will get it today. It's about a day and a half early. So, But some of our other ones you get uh, up to seven days early. So mm-hmm. it's very exciting. Thank you again to all of our wonderful Patreons. Uh, next up we have... News. Excellent. There is a lot of news this week, too. Like, I had to pare down the news because there were, I just didn't think we'd have time to talk about it. So, uh, first up, uh, interesting statistics, which I am a data nerd, so this was an interesting statistic to me. Xbox, <coughs> I'm also dying. X-Words back, X-Words. <laughs> Xbox backwards compatibility now has over 500 games that you can play on your Xbox One, which is roughly 25% of the entire Xbox 360 library. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it uh, Also, the interesting thing is that uh, that means that uh, the, so the, the total count is 538 total titles. Um, over half of those are Xbox Live Arcade games, which means that almost 40% of the entire Xbox Live Arcade uh, library is now backwards compatible. So there's just a ton of games you can play. Um, they're up to 30 uh, X, or 33 original Xbox games that are backwards compatible, which is crazy. Like, I, I remember hearing about, like, three of those. I don't know mm. when the rest dropped, but there's a, just a, a ton of games you can play, and I think that Microsoft is pretty committed to keeping that library whole from here forward. So, like, I don't think you're ever going to have to do, like, you know, where's the Nintendo eShop because I re- need to rebuy Mario for the 45th time. Yeah. It's just you're going to – you bought those titles once. You know, I mean, for original Xbox games, that could have been, even at this point, 15 or 16 years ago, 
and they're yeah. just yours forever. It's a it's a commitment that Xbox is making that I think is very it's a, good. Yeah, it's just nice. Like you should like if you buy a game, you should be able to play it and not have to have your old system like hooked up in the corner like they because they want you to buy the new one right yeah so if i'm gonna buy the new one let me let me keep my old stuff and it's just you know the the thing is is these days a any of these systems is powerful enough to emulate a system from 2000 so it's, it's just great that they're doing it um and uh you know i don't i don't play 360 games a lot but i've done it more than i thought i would um it's been cool to kind of go out and finish some games that I probably wouldn't have finished otherwise. It's fun to go play. Every once in a while, like, I, I played Bastion, Xbox 360 backwards, and it's just cool to be able to go out and, and actually do that. So that's a, that's a pretty big milestone, hitting that, that 500 mark and also that, uh, that quarter percentage of all the games. It's crazy to think there was over 2,000 Xbox 360 yeah. games, you know? I think that's, like, I'm going to say four times as many games as there were, like, NES and SNES era. It seems like most of those were, like, Four, five, six hundred. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Um, speaking of uh, games that I've been waiting 15 or 16 years <laughs> to play, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 releases uh, actually today, the 29th. Mm-hmm. It's out. So I. It hope, actually happened. I'm, I'm a little worried because I, you know, I made a kind of dumb mistake and bought it physical um, because I wanted to get the Amazon discount. You can still get that $10 discount, but I forgot that you can actually get that on digital copies too. And I mm. didn't. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if I just, remembered that. It was just a, a dumb mistake that I made. So yesterday, when I checked, it told me it would be my at my house today by eight p.m. And then when I checked this morning, it would said it be, would be to my house today by eleven p.m. <laughs> I'm oh. a little, little bit worried that I'm not yeah. going to have Kingdom Hearts today, but we'll see. Um, but if you're like me and you haven't played, uh, you know, I played Kingdom Hearts one and I beat it, but that was like seventeen years ago. And then I played Kingdom Hearts 2 and never actually beat it. I got like three quarters of the way through the game because that was back in the day when I didn't finish things. And never played 2.8, never played any of the bajillion of other wackadoo Kingdom Hearts games. So I don't know what the plot is anymore. Um, And a lot of people have been asking, you know, what's the best way to catch up? You know, where can I go? What's the best resource? And the the super good news is, is the answer to that question is all you have to do is buy Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, uh, not on the disc, actually. It's part of the, uh, the like, day one update. There's a thing called the Kingdom Hearts Memory Archive, and that is literally a, like, 20-minute movie that will tell you everything you need to know plot-wise about what happened in the game. And if you're, if you're listening right now and you're, like, at work and, you know, don't want, you want to know that before you get home, you can actually watch those on YouTube, too. If you just search for Kingdom Hearts Memory Archive, it's a five-part Hmm. Um, video series on YouTube that you can watch. They're like three, four minutes each. I watched it last night, and I feel okay about the story now. I'm hoping yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping Kingdom Hearts 3, like, does that, you know, kind of, like, serial TV drama <laughs> where it's going to show me what happened a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at least remind me who the characters are and, and so on and so forth. And yeah. I mean, I think it's important to know what the plot is. But the plot of, of Kingdom Hearts is also really wacky and dense, so you probably just start playing. You'd probably be fine. Like, I bet you could just go into Kingdom Hearts 3 and uh, play it. That's kind of how I feel about it. So, like, Anyway, I'm very excited to start playing that tonight. My wife is also very excited, which is not something I get to say ever. So I'm, I'm excited to play it. I'm excited to play it with someone who actually is excited to play it with me, <laughs> as opposed to every other game that exists. So that is cool. Um, 
while we are talking about Kingdom Hearts, uh, we've started to hear this a lot, um, kind of disappointingly, where a company will do pre-orders for something and let people think they've gotten this something and then just start canceling them. And it's happened more than once now. Um, I know it happened with, uh, it seems like Xbox Scorpios maybe, maybe. Uh, but I know it happened with uh, some of the, like the Nintendo SNES uh, yeah. mini consoles um, where retailers are just like, I don't know if they're just guessing how many they're going to get yeah. or what, but uh, a lot of people bought uh, the special edition Kingdom Hearts 3 PS4s, which are really slick looking too. They're gorgeous consoles. Um, and it was, I believe, a GameStop exclusive. And uh, they claim that they have unforeseen issues, which uh, as the article I'm reading on games, uh, I'm sorry, on uh, Polygon said that I think that just equals like, hey, we pre-ordered too many of them. Sorry. And they're just canceling them. And they're canceling them like starting like early, late last week and early this week, which is crappy because that should be coming today. Like you pre-ordered those weeks yeah. and months ago and then you're excited about it. You're excited about it. You're excited about it. Oh, you don't get one. And they're just canceling them and giving you a $25 credit for your trouble, which, you know, I buy a console at GameStop and it gets canceled. I'm disappointed like that. That's frustrating to me. Like I pre-buy a GameStop or I, I buy a Kingdom Hearts three special edition console for my 10 year old. Like that's a different thing, and it's it's crappy. You should not uh, you should not have to you shouldn't have to explain to anyone that their pre order got canceled because GameStop just, sold too many. Just because. <laughs> so, hopefully, I, I guess two things. Like I don't I don't think GameStop's going to be a store in two years, so maybe that doesn't matter. But uh, hopefully, they can figure this out. I mean, like when you buy concert tickets. How often do you hear about a concert getting oversold? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's ways to figure this out. There are ways to, you know, I mean, flat out, don't, if you if you don't have a number that you're getting inventory wise. Don't take orders. Then yet. don't take orders for it. If, you know, and if Sony was the one that said, hey, you can have 100 and they only give you 50, then pass the buck to Sony. Yeah, and like, say Sony said yeah. we had this many and we didn't, so. Let us at least get mad at the right person. So, anyway, that's, that's crappy. Um, other crappy things. Um, Metroid 4 has uh, been something that I think people have been talking about for about two years now. I think it got it, uh, announced at uh, the Game Awards two years ago in a very, like, hey, we have a logo kind of way. <laughs> um, not not much more The ultimate that. tease trailer. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's logo. literally the title. Yeah. So uh, and it was Metroid Prime 4. And people are, I think, uh, rightfully excited about this. I think yeah. that... People like the the Prime series more than they do the uh, what's the first person shootery Metroid called? Yeah, that's exactly. It. I don't know. I liked it though. Yeah, I, I, I think some Wii. people did, some people didn't. But I think people were really excited about Metroid Prime Four coming out. And unfortunately, um, Nintendo said it wasn't coming along very well, so they canceled it and uh, took it away from the developers who were making it and gave it over to uh, Retro Studios, who actually I believe made. They have a history making uh, Metroid games. I don't know if it was they made the the first ones, but at very least have a history of doing it. So, you know, whereas we might have gotten Metroid Prime for, you know, this year, next year, my guess is it's like 2021, 
one maybe now, <laughs> 2022. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you didn't want Metroid Prime too much, or hopefully you didn't do something silly like buy a Switch for Metroid. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing that I think was most interesting about this, and I don't remember, we did we talked a little bit about uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. getting canceled last week, right? Yeah. And that was like an uproar. People were up in arms. And essentially they said the same thing. Hey, we don't like this how it's going. We're going to take it from here. We're going to redirect it to another studio and let them build something that, you know, we think is going to be better. It's not going to be as open world. It's going to be more, you know, limited. So, you know, whatever. We didn't like how it's going, so we're canceling it and moving it to another studio. And everyone flipped. Like, people were so angry and so mad and just like, I can't believe A is doing this. We should take the license away from them and, you know, rah, 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 EA. Nintendo pitchforks. literally did the exact same yeah. thing. We're canceling a game, we're moving it to another studio, and they'll make another game that we'll be happier with. And everyone's like, oh, man, Nintendo handled that so well. I cannot thank <laughs> Uncle Nintendo for real anymore. And I'm like... It's just because EA is the bad guy. Corporations aren't your friends, people. But like, EA is the e, EA is the bad, the big bad guy, right? That's just how people interpret it. So they're going to get mad at EA, and Nintendo is not. They're just so not ridiculous. That, like that EA is big scary guy. a company, and they're not the worst company in the world. Like every year, EA wins the like worst company yeah. in the world thing. I'm like, man, in a world where like I'm sure there's Exxon Valdez and Wells Fargo and, like, in a world where there are just companies that are just outright screwing people and taking their money, EA is fine. They cancel a game every now and again and, yeah. you know, occasionally screw up a release. Like, it's fine. They're, they're, they're the biggest video game company outside of, like, the big three in the world. You just have to accept the fact that sometimes they're going to do stupid stuff. Yeah. But this isn't... This wasn't yeah. one of those times. So see, I'm just I'm also the person I I think I learned a long time ago. If a game isn't going the right way, I'd rather have the game that comes out two or fifteen years later. You don't want it because <laughs> you don't want that game that they were gonna put out. It's That's, like that I, I, the first time this happened to me was GTA San Andreas, and I was like fifteen when this came out, and they kept pushing it back, and I was so sad because I saved up my money, I went and paid in full at yep. GameStop, and it kept getting delayed. Yep. Right, but. You play it and you're like, that was a good game. And I think right? the same thing happened with GTA 4, too. It's like, you let them delay the game. Well, the same thing happened with GTA 5, and the same thing happened with Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. And let look at what we got. It. Yeah, you know? and you're never going to be unhappy when you actually play that game. Yeah, well, and one of the things that I, like, I have not actually played it yet, but I hopefully will be playing it soon, is Crackdown. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the first like the first like crackdown i think was supposed to come out like almost 2 years ago yeah. and i remember seeing the i want to say game awards demo of crackdown like 2 years ago or maybe the e3 demo and just going like oh yeah that game does not look good that game yeah. looks bad and it got delayed and i think it got delayed at least once more maybe twice more and it's finally coming out and like i don't know if i put this in the show notes it's actually coming out early um it was oh, supposed yeah. to come out like middle of next month and uh they I'm not going to say leaked it today, but just kind of like <sighs> randomly tossed it out there that it's going to be out February 1st. So mm, that's going to move forward a little bit. And it looks fun. It looks good. It looks goofy. I love that series. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Like, I'm really excited to play it. And and I think that the gameplay and the videos I've seen of it lately look so much better than the videos I saw of it two years ago mm-hmm. when it was supposed to come out. So, you know, yeah, it's a bummer when stuff you love doesn't come out. And I mean, should... 
Should EA and Disney have a higher rate of output for Star Wars games? Yeah, we're six years into a 10-year contract. You should have released more than two games. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the other thing that people aren't aren't realizing is that, like, this may not be EA either. Like, I don't mean, right. mean to make this Metroid conversation about EA, but, like, Disney is apparently incredibly difficult to work with oh, from, yeah. a, from a development standpoint. They protect that IP, and so it means that literally every single thing you do, I don't remember if it was something I read or just a joke that somebody made, but they're like, you know, we're going to make this character left-handed, and like it has to go through like three rounds of meetings to mm-hmm. find out if you can make this character left-handed. So can you imagine making a video game that way? Right. It's got to be pretty terrible. So, I don't know. So good on, good on Nintendo for, for pushing Metroid 4 to make it a better game, but good on EA for canceling an open-world EA game that might have sucked. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. All right, so have you... Ever worked on a farm, Dylan? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Close enough. Did, Not an animal farm, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but like a like a, yeah. a farm that raises things. Yeah, plants. Have, have Plant you farm. have you ever wanted to do that in a video game? I mean, I guess technically, right? Not like full simulator, but I mean, like games like Animal Crossing or uh, what's the one? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, to a degree. So. For a quarter million dollars, would you like to simulate farming? No. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so this is maybe the wackiest thing I've ever heard, and it just proves to me that, like, anything can be a uh, an eSport now. Mm-hmm. Um, farming Simulator 2018 has – they've started the farming, farming Simulator League, and it will include up to 10 events, including a 3v3 competition in a new mode. I cannot wait to see – Six people, I guess. So it's three v three. So that's got to be like three farmer co-op. Yeah. Like one person's out on the tractor. One person's. I, I've never played this game, so I, I can't even pretend to guess. I, like, do you, do you think there's like raising chickens? Like, or is it all farming? I don't have any idea how this works, but they're I'm kind of interested. They're gonna make a competition, and I kind of want to watch like a Twitch stream of yeah, I, I competitive see farming. This, I didn't realize there was competitive umbrella to that. I would not like, have thought so either. But apparently, apparently, I mean, do you think it's based on, like, I just, I didn't. I'm going to zen better than you. I literally <laughs> did not look into this at all because I think it's. I think like, just reading that was enough. It like, was I'm absolutely laughing. enough. Um, and, like, but I will say, too, like, for the people that are into this stuff, like, good on you. Like, finding a, a – it's like folks that do, like, American Truck Simulator. Like, right. I don't have Find any, that community. I don't have any urge to do it. But people that love that, if that's the game you love, like, like high five, man. Because I'm, I'm just glad that you found a niche that you love and you want to dedicate time to. And it looks like the farming simulator folk are actually going to be, like, you know, get a little bit of monetary incentivization to, uh, <laughs> to farm – Better, faster, make more money. I don't. Like I said I don't know. It's measured I'm, in how I'm much really corn curious. you produce. I kind of want to see how this goes. Yeah, I, uh, I apparently it's been something that people have been doing for a while. This is just a, the esport, you know, branch of it. So we'll we'll try and keep an eye on this and uh, and see how it goes because I kind of kind of want to keep. I want to keep this in the four. I'm actually slightly more interested in uh, competitive farm simulator than I am in like in the Overwatch League. Like I watch Overwatch League, it's cool, but it happens too fast. I watch, it's, yeah. I watch uh, um, like uh, League of Legends and that, and like it just doesn't make any sense to me. But like 
Farming simulator seems like something that would be like the correct pace for me to understand on a competitive level. Look how much corn they're getting out. Right? <laughs> like, I love it. I don't know. Absolutely love it. All right. So you guys talked about, I presume, I was not here, but I think I did the show notes for that day, about the Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC that kind of kind of pissed people off. You can, yeah. uh, you can play that game as a canonically... Uh, gay or lesbian character in that game. And uh, then the DLC came along and absolutely regardless of what choice you made, they just made you straight. <laughs> right. And people, um, people were not, not happy about that. And I think it's, it's a, I mean, obviously because that, that oh, like opens a door for people that are uh, not straight to come in and go like, Hey, this is finally a game that represents me. And I think, I think rightfully they find that a very important aspect of that game. I know I've heard some podcasts of people that uh, that was a big thing for them to be able to play that game as a character that represented them, and then to have that taken away is, is kind of crappy. Um, and I'm just going to read straight from uh, the quote that Ubisoft wrote. It says, after hearing player feedback and discussing within the development team, we are making changes to a cutscene and some dialogue in Shadow Heritage to better reflect the nature of the relationship for players selecting a non-romantic storyline. These changes, along with renaming a trophy achievement, are being made now and will be implemented in an upcoming patch. So they also say we've been carefully looking at the next episode, Bloodline, to ensure paths that players experience mirror the choices they make in-game. So it sounds like they're going to fix it as much as they can um, and, uh, and hopefully not – hopefully recognize how powerful it is for people to have themselves represented in games, whether it's, uh, you know – LGBTQ folk or just, you know, being able to play as a woman in a game, being able to play as, you know, something that represents you. So uh, it's, a, it's a good step. It would be better if they hadn't screwed that up in the first place. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, when Adam and I, when we talked about this a little bit, and we, we both kind of were on the same page about it. It's like we didn't find it to be a very big deal. It, it probably was something that kind of was an oversight more than, like, they purposefully did this. Oh, I'm 100% and, sure it was. And it's good. Like, they, they've come up with a good solution. And, but, like, all it would have taken was, like, if, you, if that was such an important plot point, there's other ways to get to that plot 100%. point and explain the choices up to that point. Yeah. Like, it could have been a different character is able to be inserted in or maybe there's some reason that this child needs to be born yeah. or whatever. Like, there's a way to incorporate that in the storyline without, without, without being completely illogical, right? Yeah. And that's that's ultimately the problem is, like, it doesn't fit within the context of how your game experiences was up until that point. I Although, think, ultimately, that isn't really the problem. I mean, probably, honestly, the, like, the bigger problem of it is that video game development is very much, like, a straight white, thing like those are the people that are predominantly game developers especially at the AAA level and so they just didn't think about it and it's because it's a, it's a yeah. game mode that just doesn't affect them and that's like it's a problem because they didn't think about it and it's yeah. probably a problem that there isn't anyone on their team that would have said like whoa hey hang on just a, yeah. just a second well if no one plays like if no one actually plays through the game and yeah. plays it that way no one's ever going to notice yep. either they're, yeah. they're never going to be like oh this story experience was this way and now all of a sudden I have a child and it yeah. doesn't make sense right it's, it's just strange it's, that they they would have been forward thinking enough to Add it into the game, but yeah. not forward thinking enough to say, like, what could be the outcome of right, this? Right, <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure, like, that's probably, like, there's probably plenty of games you can find a plot hole like that that yep. doesn't, people don't 
care as strongly about, yeah. right? Like yeah. the plot holes like that exist all the time. It's just this one happens to hit people a little differently. Yep. Exactly. So they they a whole community speaks up and is like, hey, this doesn't make yeah. sense. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, you're you're right. Well, we can we can. And I mean, that's probably the really good outcome of this too is that it's going to make developers going forward go like, aha, remember what happened to Ubisoft? Right. <laughs> we should think about this. So, you know, uh, it's great that they're fixing it, and it's great that uh, that maybe it'll make other developers, both big and small, think about yeah. the all the possible paths in their game and right. And that, yeah, and I think that's the trick is, like, when you have a choose-your-own-adventure game, yeah. it's like the there's a lot of other possibilities you have to look at, especially if you're creating uh, thing, storylines like that, where, yeah. like, if you're going to have different romance options it's like that can you gotta think about that it. has a big impact later yeah. on depending if you have a big certain plot point that you need to hit so make sure there's a way to to inject that into the story if you have to do it a different way yeah exactly um i, I forgot that i forgot to read through what our news was like adam usually does because adam's a better host than i am and it, it's too bad because i made a really funny joke about PUBG being able to play on a potato now but mm -hmm. whatever we lost that so it's gone to the PUBG time. can play on a potato? Yes. So uh, PUBG, like, which I think is kind of notoriously unoptimized. <laughs> like, it, uh, something something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to, like, second-guess developers and, and what they're doing, but PUBG has, has historically had a hard time running on a lot of systems like it, it and i think it's getting better and better and better as time but when man that when that game was in beta the game was rough um and and it is better now but the reality is there are still a lot of people that just don't have gaming rigs um that want to play this game and, and i mean this game can play on a phone now so you'd think that you'd be able to play it on a laptop and uh what they're doing to address that is uh working on a game right now called PUBG Lite. it is free and it is a low spec version of PUBG that uh, they're now in beta testing. So the cool thing about this is that the minimum system requirements is you need a Core i3 2.4 gigahertz, 4 gigs of RAM, and an Intel HD Graphics 4000 card, which should, in theory, allow that to play on almost, almost any laptop. That's still running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, in theory, I would be able to run that on my MacBook Air. Yeah. Um, like, I don't, it doesn't support Mac, I don't believe. Um, but if it did, like the MacBook Air is not a gaming computer yeah, it's meant at, to at all. Process words. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if there was an OS version, an OS X version of this, this would be able to run on my MacBook Air, which yeah. is saying a lot. So this should run on literally almost any, like any laptop you, you know, they give you at work, any laptop that you yeah. bought probably in the last five years, six years, like you do not need a discrete graphics card, which is great. They recommend uh, a little bit more. They recommend you have an i5. Um, they recommend eight gigs of RAM. And they really do recommend that you have at least a GTX 660 or Radeon HD 7870. But like a GTX 660, that's an old graphics card. <laughs> like, I mean, old graphics cards. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool idea. I like, I like the idea of them trying something and and appears to be just giving it away um it's standalone so you can't play with people playing the high spec version because okay. i would guess there's something different like well there's probably different there's probably advantages and disadvantages to playing a low spec version versus playing i mean it could yeah. just be too do you remember like back in the day when PUBG first came out where you could turn your graphics way down because then the, the grass, grass would wouldn't render, render? <laughs> yeah so like there's there's probably advantages and disadvantages you probably want to keep those people in a separate playing pool but i, I really like the idea that you know, folks who 
folks who may game casually or folks who kids want to try things that, you know, they don't have a gaming PC, but they do have a PC PC could could finally get in and play a little bit of PUBG. I'd like to see other games do this more often. It's it's probably hard. It's probably expensive, but uh, but I like the idea of it. Anyway, I believe that is news. That's everything. That is all the news that was fit to news. Bless you. Ay So we only had two questions this week, but that's okay. We got one from uh, our good friend Joe Coleslaw, and as always, we got one. Hey, yo, Vinny. From Vinny. Big old question. It is a it, yeah. It's like a paragraph. Big old question. Uh, this is actually a, a really good question because it uh, it actually ties in to uh, a news item that I had that I took out because you asked a question about it. So um, in recent news, it was announced that Metro Exodus, the uh, newest Metro game coming out, uh, I believe the same day Anthem is, February 22nd, uh, is taking down pre-orders off Steam and uh, moving over to become an exclusive game being sold on the Epic Game Store. It seems like there was another game we talked about doing this like a week or two ago. Um, They're still going to honor... Uh, pre-orders on Steam. So if you bought it on Steam, you will still get a Steam key. Um, they're just not taking any more as of, I think, yesterday. Um, the part where it's interesting is that on the Steam game store, the pre- game was priced at $60. And on the Epic game store, they're only selling it for $50. Um, and Vinny raises the the supposition that it's because that uh, they don't have to pay that 30% tax. So they can right. actually lower the game. You know, they can lower the game 10%. Uh, it's, it's $10 off. So what is that? Like, uh, Little, little more than 10%, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, they can lower it $10 and still make more profit than they would make selling it on Steam. Right. Which is interesting. And so he asked overall what our thoughts on this, and do you see any of the games following this trend? And does Steam need to respond to Epic's actions? And so off the cuff, like uh, right now, Steam's take was literally to come out yesterday and issue a, issue a press release that said, hey, guys, this really isn't very fair. Good one. Like, people people were expecting to be able to purchase this game on Steam and were excited to be able to purchase on Steam and did not pre-purchase it. So they weren't that excited, but they wanted to be able to buy it on Steam. And that's not fair that you did this. And like, okay, um, that's fine. Um, they're not wrong. They're but, absolutely not but wrong. But I think the thing is like at some point this is it's a competition, right? Like you need to – if we want people to – purchase on your platform, you need to offer them equal to or better, right? Yeah. It, it. And, and I like the idea of introducing competition into this marketplace. I kind of wish it wasn't two, like, multi-billion dollar companies right. bringing that competition. I would like to see something else, some other option that wasn't just, like, two billionaire heavyweights fighting it out. But, you know, it's it's something anyway. Oh, my Amazon package was just delivered full of Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I think we're going to see this more. Um, I think, I don't know if you'll see that $50 price point more, Yeah. but I think you're going to start to see a lot of stuff go over the Epic store and they really haven't even been, I mean, they've got stuff over there, but it's not like a full featured store yet. They're kind of, they're kind of going a little slow. So are we going to see more of this? Absolutely. Are we going to see more, uh, Epic exclusives? Absolutely. Um, is Steam going to respond to this? Maybe, yeah. you know, I mean. They just have such a big share already that I think it's, I can't imagine a world where they're just going to, someone is going to take so much from them at one time that it actually impacts them. And I think that's but, the thing is, is 
this is even though Epic has a lot of money right now, this is still kind of a David Goliath kind yeah. of uh, kind of story. You know, if you looked at um, Josh, actually sent me a list of Steam rankings for the games that made the most revenue on Steam last year, and if you looked at it, even though um, Oh shoots! What's the what's their MOBA? Which one is theirs? Dota. Yeah. Even though Dota is free to play, even though Counter Strike is free to play, even though Hearthstone is free to play, those still all were top rankers by revenue on the Steam Store. So even though you don't hear about them doing Fortnite kind of stuff, they're still making a crap ton of money off video games. Mm-hmm. So you know. Do they need to maybe play a little better, you know, with the revenue they share with their people? Yeah, probably. Um, But, I mean, I would almost rather not see Steam compete that way because we don't gain anything off of Steam competing just by lowering their price to developers. It means that they'll just sell on Steam instead. I would way rather see Steam compete by feature. Yeah. Um, Make the store better. Make the store easier to manage. Make the store easier to find the things that you want. Um, I don't know a ton of details about it, but at the end of last year, Steam redid their algorithm, and indie developers on Steam are seeing their sales plummet, like 25-50% plummets. Mm. You know, there, there are people writing articles saying that, you know, Steam could kill off indies. Like, indies are, are doing really well right now, and we are seeing these awesome games coming out of indie studios. And they're like, Steam, with these algorithm changes, could literally kill off indie studios. I would way rather see Steam compete by feature, compete by those kind of things, then Steam go, oh, well, hey, we'll give you 12% too. Like, yeah. you know, that that does a lot of things for developers, and that's great. Like, I love to see developers make more money. I love to see developers be able to make bigger and better games. I love to be able to see them pay their employees. I'd love to see them be able to crunch less because they're making more revenue, all those kind of things. But them competing on the price that they give developers doesn't, doesn't do anything to make Steam better. And it, it just means that you'll have two, eventually two big bloated stores that don't help, you know, people out at all. So, I don't know, we'll see. You have yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Um, it just seems like a, it's a, no one is going to change their behavior. Very few yeah. people are going to jump ship. So, yeah, I mean, having a quality of life change is probably going to be more effective yep. for them. Because yeah. they're not going to lose that much business because people aren't going to just, like, start buying everything on the, the Epic store. Or to say, who's to say that there's going to be everything available? So, um, yeah. Well, right now there's not a lot available. Right. So, so I don't know. I think if, if they really, really, really want things to change, you've got to, you're going to have to see a player like Microsoft or... Uh, Google or Apple come into the PC retail business, which I mean, easily could happen. Easily could happen. So um, we'll see. We will see. Uh, Joe Coleslaw wants to know with the added success of both Fortnite and now Rocket League, uh, with all the way around crossplay, what games would you like to see added to the list? Uh, and he did say that we could not use the phrase all of them, yeah. which is disappointing but understandable. Yeah. Uh, for him, he would like to shout out Paladins, which is a game I'd never heard of, and Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. I think Overwatch is one of the no-brainer. Like, this game does need to be... It's on that level of, like, 
popularity where this game just needs to to be cross-play enabled. And, and to me, like, Overwatch is, like, the, the easy, low-hanging fruit, but Overwatch has so many players in it, it almost doesn't yeah. matter. Like, Except I can't play with my friends because they have PS4s. Like, yeah. it's the same problem with Rocket League. It was the same problem with Rocket League. It's, yep. like, it's that same problem as, like, Joe and I can't play together. Yep. I, I totally get that, and I would guess that games like, like uh, Overwatch and... Anthem and Destiny and those like those top tier multiplayer you know experiences are where you're going to see crossplay come in initially, but they're probably like the ones that need it the less. Like if if you look at right. it from a like how it inconveniences me standpoint, a hundred percent, yeah. Like I I want Anthem to be crossplay because I want to be able to play it with both Vinny and Adam, and they're both probably getting it on different systems than I am, right? And that sucks. Or I just want them to all be you know crossplay cross. You know all your stuff. You know, goes cross progression. Yeah, cross progression. Um, because you know it, it would make it so I could. I mean, frankly, even if I could get cross progression without cross play, it would make it easier for some things. Like I could play Destiny with other people right. if I had cross progression. Um, but like to me, it's almost like that tier right below those that could probably use it the most. Yeah, they need the, a better player base. Yeah, but... like the the sieges and yeah. the. Um, even some of those like big indie multiplayer games or the For Honors or the Friday the 13th right. or the, you know, those that have have a healthy player base and have a healthy player base on all three systems but could really use one big healthy player right. base. So, you know, do I want Overwatch to get crossplay? Of course I do. Like that would be fantastic. Yeah. And I think that that's where you're going to see it first. But I think it's going to be the place where it's least impactful to the way video games are made. So, I mean, I think the bonus of cross-play is that if a developer looks at it and says, like, hey, I think we can make this game and we can make it multiplayer, and then they go, like, but I don't know, can we sustain three entirely separate player bases and then go, nah, we just shouldn't take the risk. Like, maybe now they'll be able to take that risk and make some some cool games. Mm -hmm. So. We will see. I think that was all the all the questions we got this week. We're actually recording a little earlier than we normally do, so we maybe didn't give y'all y'all a chance to get in. But sorry, there's always next week. Uh, cheap free games. Uh, we hung out just long enough to get games with gold, <laughs> so we do have that. I my guess is that that PlayStation Plus games like they don't actually come out until February fifth. I don't think. Yeah. So they may. I mean, hopefully they're released by the time we do it next week. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, so Games with Gold this month from Xbox. We have, uh, what is the name of this game? It's it's way too, I, I want to play this game, but I don't remember what it's called. Uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is that uh, kind of indie Castlevania game, as I recall. Um, it's relatively new. It seems like that only came out maybe six or eight months ago, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's available February 1st to the 28th. I really, really, really want to play that. I've heard nothing but great things about it. So I believe it's just like kind of a, a modern Metroidvania, but with kind of an old-school Castlevania feel. So that's good. Uh, and then also on the Xbox One, we have Super Bomberman R, which um, I haven't played, and I know the, the Bomberman games are, are yeah, fun. I like Bomberman. I've, yeah. this, is this the thing that's on the, the Switch I right now? I think it is. Yeah, and it got okay reviews. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's, it's a, a level-based Bomberman game, so it's... it's 
It's probably fun co-op. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. So February 16th to March 15th on that one. Uh, then we're also getting Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is a backwards compatible game from uh, the 360. And then interesting here is actually a uh, an Xbox game, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which is an OG Xbox game that will be out uh, the 16th through the 28th. Um, it seems like I played that like way back in the day, like long enough ago that I don't remember it. So Yeah, I remember seeing that game, but I don't. The Jedi Knight games were fun, though. So, you know, I mean, if you can get past the, you know, kind of boxy graphics, that might be a game to to check out. I mean, again, it's it's free-ish. So that is what we are seeing on Xbox Games of Gold next month. Um, we kind of were talking about trying to figure out what we wanted to do for uh, uh, Bite Me DLC plays for uh, March. Um, and we're going to kind of wait for this to come out. I don't know if any of those pass muster. So we'll have to, mm-hmm. see. We'll have to see what's on... Uh, Game Pass and uh, and uh, PlayStation Plus this month. Um, next up, we have the uh, Indie PlayStation 2019 bundle from Humble Bundle, which is a relatively rare uh, bundle on Humble Bumble Bumble where uh, you can get um, PlayStation games uh, on Humble, which is great. Uh, this is a Got a lot of good games in it. So the the one dollar, the one dollar price point, you can get Grim Fandango Remastered, which is uh, a remaster of the LucasArts games from the nineties. It is, it's good. It's not great. It's good. Um, you can also get Bard's Tale, uh, the remastered edition, which I have also heard is is okay, and Inner Space, which I am not familiar with. Have you ever heard of that? Nope. But if you're willing to pay, pay the average, which is currently $9.25, you can get Layers of Fear, which is probably my very favorite horror game ever. Um, you can get Wasteland 2, which I have not played, but I heard is spectacular. You can get The Talos Principle, which I have also heard is really good. And you can get Broken Age, which I own and have never played. <laughs> but it's a it's a good uh, like uh, point-and-click adventure game that's a lot of fun from uh, Double Fine. And then if you are willing to pay the $15, uh, level, you can get Killing Floor 2, which I have also not played, but I've also heard is good, and Shadow Warrior 2, which I own but have never played. So it's a, it's a, overall a pretty good uh, package to be able to get, how many is that, three, seven, nine different uh, PlayStation games yeah. for under 15 bucks, And, like, these bundles with PlayStation are super rare. So yeah. um, as a reminder, we are a Humble Bundle partner, so you can go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble, and uh, if you buy this bundle, we'll get a little bit of kickback, and that makes Cliff happy. To make you happy too? Almost humble. Almost hum you're humbled, humbled. by people's humbled. people's uh donation to our cause. Uh so speaking of the Epics Game Store, they are pushing out a free game once every two weeks. Uh currently I believe it is the uh first edition of the Jackbox set, which is Real fun. If you have not grabbed that for free yet, you should really very, very much do that. Um that's available until February 7th. Um but, uh, or it's, I'm sorry, it, uh, yeah, so it expires on February 7th. And then the next game is uh, Axiom Verge, which is uh, a really cool Metroidvania that I have not played, but I've heard absolutely great things about. So this will start being available February 6th. I really, really recommend if you pick that up, that you pick that up on PC. It's supposed to be just a, a really super solid, like, kind of Metroidvania shooter, a little bit old school, a little bit pixel arty, um, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. So. That is what you should get on the Epic Store. And, um, oh, so one final thing, and I feel kind of bad. Um, we're going to do an eight bit, or I'm sorry, we're going to do a small bites. Um, I, we had some guys drop into Discord. Uh, uh, let's see, Sloth Heart Chunk 
I believe is how you say his name, and uh, Stony419. Um, and they like came in and they had just listened to episode 113. They just found us that day and they're like, hey, do you guys ever play mobile games? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. And they're like, you need to play Smashing 4. I'm like, I will 100% play Smashing 4 so we can talk about it on the podcast. I downloaded it and never played it. <laughs> so I will say today, I will play it before next week. Um, they spoke very, very, very highly of it and would like anyone who is interested in playing Smashing 4 to go download it and then join their clan. They are Clan Goonies 2. And uh, apparently they love playing this game. They're actually, I believe, ranked in the top 10 in clans in Smashing 4, which I know nothing about except that it's installed on my iPhone right now. So I'm installing it now too. So Dylan I is installing it right I believe it, it is multiplayer, well. so maybe we can play it together. Yeah. We'll get Adam to play. We'll play three on three. It'll be great. I think there you have to have four. We'll figure something out. Um we'll get someone else to play with. It'll us. be smashing. It'll be smashing. So smashing four for iOS and Android. Go check it out. Tell us what you think, and then go go join Clan Goonies too. They're always looking for new people to play uh Smashing Four, this mobile game with them. So I think that that is all the talking my voice can handle if I'm going to do any work for the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm done. I'm absolutely That's done. That's it. That's it. Do we have anything else to say? Uh, you should – yeah, we actually have some <laughs> other stuff we have to say. You should go to bitemepodcast.com and uh, see what we've posted there. Um, you should go to Bite Me. Actually, I don't think that exists yet. Bite Me DLC. Look for it on iTunes. I will figure out how to make that a link somewhere. Uh, we did uh, a first episode with some other uh, games we were looking forward to, and then we also did a great Red Dead Redemption 2, me, Dylan, and my brother Colby. It was super fun. It's what kind of sparked us to do Bite Me, uh, Bite Me DLC Plays. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more stuff coming to that podcast, so if you if you don't subscribe, I recommend you do that. Um, I'll get it up on the website somehow. Um, I think if you go to uh, BiteMeQTE.com, it'll take you there, oddly enough. Um, you should follow us on Facebook. You should follow us on Twitter. And uh, you should go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble to see our humble deals and uh, bitemepodcast.com slash discord to uh, chat with us because we love chatting with folk. But I think that's all we have to say. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>